Hi, I am Shahini Day, founder and CEO of Empil, a digital health company providing health risk management tool for prevention and management of chronic conditions. Today, as a society, we are facing an unprecedented situation with COVID-19, and it is our responsibility to make life a little easier for everyone. MPL team worked tirelessly to create a COVID-19 kit for everyone to access for free. Given our mission to help everyone achieve their best physical and mental potential, this is the least we could do. As a part of this initiative, today we will be talking to Ms. Liz Gale. Liz is an experienced nutritional therapist specializing in digestive health, autoimmune disorders, diabetes, and many more. She holds a three-year diploma in naturopathic nutrition and is an active member of the Nutritional Therapists of Ireland, or NTOI. Her practice is evidence-based, and she strictly uses only scientifically researched dietary treatments and therapies to help her clients reach optimal health. Her own his health history sparked her interest in nutrition, and that's when she started studying how food and diet makes a huge difference in living a healthy life. She strongly believes that a healthy functioning body equals great overall health, vitality, good muscle tone, low body fat, and most importantly, freedom from many of the chronic health and autoimmune conditions so prevalent today. So thank you, Liz, for joining us today and taking the time out during these very difficult times. And let's start with the most important question of the hour. How important is proper nutrition in order to have a strong immune system? Okay, thank you, Sohini, for that introduction. Um, Okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to answer this question first of all by saying that the vital advice of fastidious hand washing, coughing and sneezing into the elbow or preferably tissue and disposing of it immediately, not touching your face, um, good surface hygiene, avoiding anybody who might be symptomatic or who has visited high risk regions, um, social distancing more so now with um, all the different regulations that our governments are, are giving us, um, isolation, I suppose, as well. So these all um, remain the best defense against the virus. Yeah. So to get on to uh, the nutrition, the question that you asked, mm -hmm. I mean, we don't, have, we don't have control over this virus. It's here. We can just put those measures in place that I mentioned, but what we do have control over is our own immune defenses and through nutrition, we can actually strengthen those. Mm. So actually, encouragingly, the, um, the Chinese health authorities were um, advising good nutrition, you know, as well as all the measures I mentioned yeah. to, to, to help defend against the, the virus. So, um, I suppose eating at least now at least five uh, portions of varied um, vegetables and fruit per day would be the starting point. Um, included in those would be antiviral herbs such as garlic, oregano, thyme, ginger. These herbs are actually brilliant, um, you know, for our immune defence and can be added to to everyday foods. 
Um, I was just going to say why I always say veg and fruit as opposed yeah. to fruit and vegetables, which is usually the, the term. Um, I, I feel that putting the fruit first can imply that fruit is the most important. Both fruit and vegetables are very important. But some people think, well, I'll get my five a day by having two bananas, two apples and a glass of orange juice kind of thing. And that's mm -hmm. me done. So <laughs> I just like to say vegetables and fruit because fruit are fantastic. But some fruits are higher in sugar and um, such as grapes, pineapples, tropical fruits and orange juice, as I mentioned, because it's squeezed and most of the fiber has been taken out of it. Yeah. So it can spike blood sugar. So when we're talking of fruit, I like to suggest the lower sugar fruits like blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, blackberries, and all of these. These are full of um, phytonutrients and are that little bit lower in sugar. Mm -hmm. So when we come to vegetables, well, just eat a variety, as, as many as you can get um, in, in one meal even. The cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower are all great really good for our immune system, good for our liver. Um, but variety is key. So all the leafy greens, red and green and yellow peppers, munch to carrots, they're all brilliant, you know, as many as possible. So stir fries are a great way to get, you know, a good variety of vegetables into our dinner. Some people just confine themselves to one vegetable, like they might just have carrots or they might just have peas. But I try and, and advise people to eat a rainbow, you know, get all the colors in. Um, another good tip on vegetables is to try substituting sweet potatoes for regular potatoes because sweet potatoes are higher in nutrients. They've got lots of beta carotene in them. They're lower in starch and they taste delicious. Kids often love sweet potatoes. Um, yeah, so that's really my my eating tips. Um, I think the other thing uh, you were mentioning the other day as well, the probiotic foods, particularly I feel like we're using so much of hand sanitizers and stuff. And I'm just kind of thinking what's happening to our gut bacteria and also the importance of the uh, good gut bacteria and the immune system with uh, probiotics. Yeah, absolutely. So very good. Yeah, very good point. Well, a lot of people may not know this, but over 80% or about 80%, the, 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 the figure changes um, of our immune system is actually in our gut. And that comprises of, you know, trillions of gut bacteria that are in there. And as you mentioned, it's a very good point with all the hand sanitizing and the antibacterial, you know, that could affect, you know, the gut bacteria. But overall, I mean, people are on a lot of antibiotics. You know, yeah. they have been on a, a lot of antibiotics. So keeping our gut bacteria is really, really important. So I um, advise clients to eat as many probiotic-rich foods as possible each day. And these would include natural yogurt, preferably the natural, not the sweetened varieties, because the sugar can actually impact on the the natural bacteria in the yogurt. Yeah. Kefir is a great um, probiotic drink. A lot of the health food stores now are selling kefir, but mm. if you're adventurous, you can make your own. I make my own and mm -hmm. um, 
have it every single day. Sauerkraut is another brilliant fermented vegetable that you can have. Again, I make my own sauerkraut. I'm a bit of a fermentation fiend, really. Mm-hmm. Um, raw apple cider vinegar, another good way to get um, some you know, probiotics into your diet. Yeah. So all of these things really taken every day can really help to strengthen and our gut bacteria, which in turn will, will strengthen our overall immune um, system. The other thing, if you couldn't or didn't want to eat your own probiotic foods, a good, um, a good quality probiotic su- supplement would, mm. would definitely help here and take one every day. There's some, good brands on the market but i won't necessarily mention the brands but i always just say go for spend a little money on your supplements cheap supplements usually have cheap ingredients in them and they're not good so go to a health food store ask for advice in the health food store as to which is the best probiotic supplement for you but at this time i think it's really really important to keep our gut bacteria healthy yeah and you also mentioned there about the sugar and uh, the to avoid the sugary yogurts or even kefir nowadays have uh, some um, some yeah. flavors. Yeah, some of the other ones. Um, and you also mentioned about the uh, five vegetables and fruit instead of fruits and vegetables. So if you wouldn't mind just touching upon that as well and the sugar and immune system reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I will. It was actually one of the first things that I learned when I started studying nutrition and it absolutely shocked me. Mm. Um, Sugar, when we eat a high sugar snack, it can actually um, depress your immune system by up to 40% for a few hours after you eat that um, sugary snack. Now, I know we all know that sugar is bad for us Mm. um, and that we should try and cut down and people often do. It's Lent at the moment and people have you know, often say, oh, I'm giving up sugar for Lent and they may last for a week um, and then, you know, creep back on it again because sugar is actually very addictive. It is Mm. highly addictive. Mm. Um, But if you know, you know, that fact that it can actually lower your immune system, I think in this, in these particular times should act as a motivator to try and cut out a lot of those sugary snacks. Mm. Um, A lot of people also, and I've noticed this in groups and things that I'm in, they're comfort eating at this time, you know, because they're scared and they're listening mm. to all this. So they reach for the, you know, the packet of biscuits or they're bored and they're just eating through boredom. So that's, um, and usually they are sugary snacks. So mm. if you just keep that tip in mind mm. and try and just reduce them, you mm. know, reduce the sugary snacks, it yeah. would be helpful for the immune system. And also we're not exercising or as much. Or, you that know, is exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah so yeah people could end up piling on the on the waist you know just yeah. by not ex- yeah we don't want to end up with the obesity crisis after covid crisis you know yeah so you just re- uh, mentioned few um about the snacks there and i was just wondering if you could kind of give some examples of uh what type of snacks people can actually uh, go for instead of sugary snacks like biscuits or cakes um which will be fulfilling as well, you know? Yeah, well, I would go for things like um, nuts, you know, can be a a nice, you know, a good snack. So sort of a handful of almond nuts 
Mm. You could have even sliced apple with some nuts. It's always a good idea to have, if you're having a, a carbohydrate or a sugar type snack, Mm. to combine them with some protein because it slows down the release of the sugar into the body and you don't get these sugar spikes. Mm. So uh, things like maybe oat cakes with some hummus on them. Try and go for savory. Just yeah. try and reduce the sweet. To The more you feed a sweet addiction, mm. the more you crave it. So sometimes just going cold turkey and saying, I'm not eating anything sweet and go for anything, even peanuts, you know, oh. instead just to, to satisfy the snacking, mm. but to, um, you know, try and av avoid the biscuits and the sugar and the chocolate, yeah. go for dark chocolate, you know, that 80% dark chocolate is another um, nice. tip you can go for as well. Yeah. The other thing, and we, we might come to it in a later question is, the actual whole subject of snacking. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we could, we don't have to be constantly eating all day. We've, we've turned into a, a nation of grazers, I think. Food is readily at hand. Yeah. And we panic sometimes we don't have it. So, yeah, I think at a later question, I'm going to cover some things like that. So, okay. Just, okay. just keep that in mind. Yeah, I will, I will. Um, just on the, uh, while we're still on um, the immune system, I think um, last week we did a podcast with Dr. Patacharya where she mentioned various risks around mental health for kids and adults, particularly in the social distancing scenario. So you also on similar lines mentioned stress may further lower our immune defenses. So if you could elaborate on that and give some pointers for our listeners, that'd be great. Yeah, um, great. Well, stress is another thing apart from diet um, that can actually put a stress, a strain on our immune system and can actually lower our immune system if it mm -hmm. goes on too long. Stress, probably um, your, your podcast last week covered this, but I'll just mention very quickly. Stress um, puts our body into flight and, and, and fight mode, mm -hmm. um, which was the reason we, we had stress in, in the first place. Um, stress also, it releases a, hor a hormone called cortisol and it di diverts energy away from other bodily functions to enable us to flee from the immediate danger. So that was, that was our, how stress should be really. Mm. Um, but this should only be a short-term stress response. And once the immediate danger is gone, that stress, all those stress levels and the hormones should settle down. But the problem nowadays is that stress... Um, is often continuous you know we're stressed through work or financial problems and now because of this COVID-19 pandemic um, you know people are stressing even more about it so th this constant state of stress can put an added burden onto our immune system so just to be aware of that solutions that I would suggest would be around the COVID-19 for instance is um trying to put things into a little bit of perspective. I mean, it is a terrible pandemic. It, it, it's awful, but I would often say, take a, take a break from relentlessly watching the news coverage of COVID-19, because all that does is just fuel our fears. Um, another thing is switch the statistics around. When it's reported that there is a 3% death rate, you know, conversely, that also means on a positive note that there's a 97% survival rate. Yeah. So 
try to look for the positives out of a, a bad situation. Hmm. Other good stress busting techniques are exercise, of course. Now, I know that we may not be able to get out and exercise outdoors as much as we would like or as much as we would have done. But there is lots of yoga teachers and fitness instructors are getting really innovative and they're putting workouts online. So there's one on every morning at nine o'clock, a live session that thousands of people are joining in on. So there's ways of getting exercise at home. Um, Meditation is another great way to reduce stress and to try and stop all those worrying thoughts from crowding into our minds. So again, there's lots of meditation apps that you can download and look at. Um, I mean, there's loads of things. There's reading, jigsaws. I, I read somewhere that the sale of jigsaws has gone up by <laughs> hundreds of percent. You know, people are taking up old-fashioned pursuits again. Watch funny movies, socialise with friends online. You know, there's, there's plenty of things we can do to, to um, kind of bring down the stress levels. And just, just be aware that stressing about it isn't going to help the situation. We can't do anything about what's happening. We can't control that. Mm. What we can control is our reaction to this. Mm. So, you know, just mm. there, they would be my tips. Anyway, I know a lot of it is easier said than done, but it's, but it's I, good to try and just be aware. Yeah. I, would you mind uh, sending me that link, the 9 a.m. Uh, exercise link, and we can put it on um, our... I will. Um, yeah. I will. Yeah, I definitely will. There's another great one. It's a meditation one that um, I can I can send you the link to as well. That's happening yeah. on Wednesday morning, so Fantastic. I can send you the link Fantastic. to that. A lot of them are doing them through Zoom, so yeah. that seems yeah. to be working well for people. <laughs> the other thing that I must say before I forget on the subject of stress is sleep. Sleep is so important for our immune system. Our bodies repair themselves when we're sleeping. Our brain kind of de-winds down while we're sleeping. So sleep is so important. So, you know, try to to keep up the habit of, you know, good sleep hygiene and getting a good night's sleep because lying awake at night worrying about things is not going to help anything. Mm. And I think that's why what Dr. Patacharya also mentioned is having a daily routine is so important. Like we know sleep daily routine is so important. Wake up in the morning and wake up at the same time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, just around the meditation on the COVID-19 kit uh, for MP uh, website, we will also have some meditation classes. So I'll share that with you as well. And you mentioned something uh, very interesting yesterday in our other meeting was uh, you had a Mother's Day, online Mother's Day. You could talk yeah. about that. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm, I'm living down in West Cork. My three children, one is living in um, Washington, D.C. in America, one in London and one in Dublin. So we got the idea of um, getting online. We all cooked our own dinners we set the table we got a little glass of wine we all my son set us all up on google hangout so we could all see each other we were sitting around the table raised a toast to each other ate our meals as if we were all sitting around eating together and we're able to chat and it was absolutely fantastic now it was nearly better than meeting (laughs) up in person because it was a novel thing to do but ah it's just 
really raised all our spirits. And I think that's, you know, think people are doing things like that, like they're watching movies together, you know, and starting them off at the same time and discussing them. So there's loads of things. There's lots of positives that can come yeah. out of this crisis yeah. as well. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fantastic idea. Now, moving yeah. on to your next most um, uh, next specialization, which I think um, triggered the whole podcast with you. Idea was um, you did a piece on the micronutrients and um, what are the most essential micronutrients that an individual needs to consume, particularly in the light of COVID nineteen situation, and if you could give some tips around how they can do that, how they can include, how people can include those in their daily. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, supplements is a, is a completely different, you know, you could talk about it forever and there's obviously different people, everybody has individual needs. And that's the, the one of the beauties of nutritional therapy is that we do treat every client as an individual because they are, and we, we prescribe different treatment plans for each of them. But just in general, because I'm, I'm speaking to the general public and people of all ages and all levels of awareness of nutrition and things. For me, I think the supplements, um, the people that will help to, to people's defense against this virus would be zinc, I think is one of the, the top ones. Zinc is, um, it's one of the, probably the most commonly deficient minerals around. Um, Zinc is really important for um, immune. I mean, it, it does so many things in our body. It's, it's a really important mineral for immunity. We use it for DNA repair. We need it for healthy skin, hair and nails. We need it for wound healing. Um, it has just so many uses in the body that our, our stores, our built-in stores can often be depleted. I mean, we, we get zinc is, is, is quite abundant in the foods we eat. You get zinc from beef, lamb, chicken, seafood in particular, and oysters and um, mussels are very high in zinc. You get it in milk, whole grains, beans, nuts. It, it's, it's, it's there in a lot of foods. Mm -hmm. But because it's used for so many different functions in the body, I would recommend supplementing an extra zinc supplement. Mm. So the amount I would recommend would be around 20 milligrams of zinc. That should be sufficient because we get plenty of it in the food we eat. Mm. But particularly at this time where we want our immune system to be as robust as possible, mm. I would suggest the um, a 20 milligram of zinc. Now some people just don't like taking supplements or hate taking supplements. And there is a very handy supplement. Um, it's they're like a tablet. It's got a thousand uh, milligrams of zinc and ten. Oh, sorry, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C and ten milligrams of zinc, all in one. And it's a effervescent. You just put it in a little water and drink it. And some people, you know, I would recommend to take that twice a day. So then you're getting a good a good of vitamin C and plus the twenty milligrams of zinc. Yeah. So, but for people like myself who you know, don't mind taking supplements at all, I would go and get a good zinc supplement with at least, you know, about 20, 25 milligrams of zinc right. in it. Okay. So that would be my first um, supplement. Vitamin C I've already mentioned. So vitamin C is a vital antioxidant. It's mm. good. So I would recommend people take at least a thousand milligrams. It would seem a lot. It's like one gram of vitamin C a day. 
right. also during this time. I mean, a lot of people take it during cold and flu season anyway. Mm. So that would be the, the other one I would say. And the other really important one I think would be vitamin D. Mm. Vitamin D is um, it's vital for immune support amongst other things in the body. And because we get vitamin D from sunshine, there's not very many foods that contain vitamin D. So mainly our vitamin D levels are created by the sun shining on the skin. And living in Ireland, everybody will know that we don't get a lot of sun, especially in the winter months. So uh, I would say, I'm not going to give a statistic, but a lot of people are low in vitamin D. A lot of clients who I've seen and I've asked them to go to the doctors and get their vitamin D checked, all of them have had low vitamin D levels. Mm -hmm. So a vitamin D supplement, I think, is a really important one to take as well. Um, There is a great brand, um, I'm going to mention it this time, it's called Better You, and it's a vitamin D spray. So again, for people who are not good at taking supplements or don't like taking tablets, you just spray it under the tongue, two sprays, and it's readily available in health food stores or pharmacies. Mm. You know, you can get it quite easily. Mm. The only one thing I will have to say about vitamin D is it's a fat-soluble vitamin. So you just do get your levels checked because... It can be possible, it's rare, but it's possible to have too high levels of vitamin D. And because it's fat soluble, it gets stored in your liver. So do get your vitamin D levels, or you may have got them checked the last time you were at the doctor. Just check and see what they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much for that. Um, and okay. moving on to the next one, I know you had some health issues of which kind of triggered your studies as well. Similarly, my yeah. started studying functional medicine after I had my health issues. But uh, and there yeah. have been talks like um, around the chronic disease. So um, it is being highlighted. Yeah. People with underlying conditions and especially few chronic disease are at very high risk of COVID-19. Um, and so if you could just elaborate on why that is the case. And um, it'll be really helpful yeah. for people to understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, because so they do say that people with pre-existing conditions um, should be particularly careful and, and mm-hmm. vigilant. So I suppose some of the existing conditions could be um, asthmatics, for instance, or people with um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. It's called COPD. Mm-hmm. Anybody with a compromised lung function would need to be so careful, I would say self-isolate, because this virus has an affiliation for the lungs and it seems to attack the lungs. So anybody who has already compromised lung function would need to be really careful. Um, Diabetics is another um, underlying health condition that's always mentioned. And I know I'm myself, I'm a type one diabetic, so I'm only too aware of being in the the higher risk bracket. Now, me being a nutritional therapist, my diabetes is quite well controlled, Mm. but my blood sugar levels would never be in the optimal range or, you know, the same as somebody who doesn't have diabetes. So that can leave me a little bit more vulnerable, just having, just by the fact of having high sugar levels in your blood. As we mentioned before, with the the sugar, it can lower your immune system. Mm. Um, But some people who have... There's plenty of people with type 1 and type 2 diabetes 
who don't have good blood sugar control. They may have other issues with weight, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, inflammation, and this would all make them more vulnerable to picking up infections. So that would be, you know, some of the reasons why diabetes would be one of the um, underlying health conditions. Then older people, for a variety of reasons, would have a lowered immune system just purely by the virtue of their age. They may have chronic illnesses. They could have poor digestion. They may have poor food choices. Um, low antioxidant reserves and um, so that that would all make them vulnerable and again anybody you know particularly you know 70s and upwards yeah would be um self-isolation i think is is definitely what they need to do mm. also um, and then other people sorry so sorry, people who are you know who are undergoing chemotherapy who would have um beyond chemotherapy drugs that would lower their immune system. So they would have to be, it's vital that they would stay away. And the other people with autoimmune conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, they may be on immune modulating drugs, which yes. again will suppress the immune system. So this is all the reason why they should stay in isolation and just not put themselves at risk um, from this virus, which is highly contagious. Yeah, that, so, that point is really vital about, uh, I actually uh, forgot about the autoimmune condition and the medication as well. Yeah, yeah, you see, so the medications that people would be on, you know, could, could make them, you know, more vulnerable. So mm -hmm. just what I would say to these groups of people, heeding all the nutritional advice that we're talking about today would be really helpful, you know, keeping mm -hmm. up their uptake of vegetables and fruit eating sensibly, trying to avoid the sugary, the high sugary snacks, um, and maybe some of the supplements. But before I would, I would never advise anybody who's on medication or anything to take a supplement without first consulting with their doctor. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's it. And then obviously, you know, some people will just have to self-isolate. There's, there's no, there's no choice in it you know it's the only way for them to keep safe but other people it's just you know the social distancing the hygiene not touching the face and hands mm. all of that thing is it's just so important yeah absolutely um okay just moving on to a little bit more probably um lighter side uh if yeah. you consider it to be lighter um some people are thinking that supply chain will break down and we will not have enough food at home to survive on etc etc now we definitely although like we think that it is in an extreme situation and uh this might only happen and also the, it might be an extreme case or if people keep on panic buying thankfully i'm kind of seeing that people are not panic buying like that but anyway, uh, what is the bare minimum in terms of quantity and quality we should include in our meals? You did mention a little bit on the quantity side, like we don't yeah. constantly keep eating. But also, if you could just yeah. give some ideas on that. Yeah, well, yeah, that, 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 yeah that's what I meant, um, that we don't have to constantly keep eating. We don't need to panic if we don't have a... A supply of food right next to us, you know, we don't have to keep visiting the fridge and grabbing things out. I think, I mean, if we go back to the way we used to, I used to eat when I was a child, 
was you had your breakfast, you had your lunch and your dinner. You did not need to have a scone and a latte at 11 o'clock or a bag of crisps and the chocolate bar at three o'clock. And, you know, in having your meals as well and then having a snack, you know, something late at night. Really, we're not giving ourselves, we're not giving our immune system or our digestive system a chance to rest and, and recover if we're, if we're constantly eating. So that would be my first thing I would say. Um, if you're taking that on board, I mean, I, I just think it's a great opportunity just to look at your eating patterns at the moment mm. and maybe even keep a food diary and see everything you eat and look at it at the end of the day. And then you might see, oh my God, didn't realize I was eating that much because sometimes we just reach for food without even thinking. <laughs> so when you see it written down, that kind of gives you the shock that you need to, <laughs> to kind of put a little bit back. Mm. Um, as regards eating, as you said, it's, it's not the, the quantity, it's the quality of the foods that we're eating. So you could have your, if you try and incorporate as many vegetables into your dinner, if you have, you know, there's a healthy balanced plate, which I can actually send you in a picture of, maybe you could put it up on, yeah, on, the, on the website, if there isn't the food in the shops if we're a little bit worried if there's not a, a good supply of fresh vegetables. Some frozen vegetables probably would be the next best thing. And tins like sardines, that's what brought me to that, are a great thing. They're a great source of omega-3 fatty acids, which are really good for our immune system and for lowering inflammation. So something like that for lunch, you know, a tin of sardines and some oat crackers or something like that. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, I, I really wouldn't worry about short supply of food. I don't think any of us are going to starve. Um, and I think it's a, really gives us a good opportunity to look at our eating patterns and maybe think, you know, we could make some better food choices. Yeah, perfect. They're great ideas. Um, on the mm. nutritional myth, like we are hearing on yeah. the I stay personally I really stay away from WhatsApp nowadays because there's so much rubbish yeah. coming through but if there's anything in particular you want to kind of uh, kind of quash the, any of those nutritional myths um, yeah. yeah well the one that I I saw two of them one of them was that like drinking water will kill the virus and the thinking behind it was that the water will wash the virus down into your stomach which will then be attacked by your stomach acid um, and killed so that that's absolutely a myth completely but just on the subject of stomach acid stomach acid is actually very important for um for microbes that may get into your stomach one of stomach acid's roles is to help kill off microbes that we may ingest in food so sometimes food might have a little bit of bacteria might be slightly gone off and if we've got a good stomach acid it can actually help kill those bacteria so it's important to keep um, levels of stomach acid is strong and if indigestion or acid reflux are an issue try not to resort to too many antacids because what you're going to do there is you might solve the immediate problem of the mm -hmm. acid reflux which are going to lower your your stomach acid and then you know you may allow you know you leave yourself a little bit more open to microbes getting into the stomach during this time 
just um, interestingly, zinc, just going back to the supplements, yeah. zinc is also needed for stomach acid production. So another another good reason to, to take the zinc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stomach acid, I mean, stomach acid is important, but drinking water is not going to, it's not <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah. Um, but just, uh, I have another little tip here. It's not a myth, but um, it's, it can be helpful to consume hot beverages like warming, nourishing soups and broths, herbal teas like ginger tea, mm. which is warming and antiviral. And mm. um, this virus doesn't actually thrive well in heat. Mm. So, you know, drinking warm um, beverages, you know, can help. And mm -hmm. um, it, it makes sense also to avoid ice cold drinks with ice and things like that at this time of the year. We need to keep well hydrated by drinking plenty of room temperature water, mm. but the warm soups, the broths and the herbal teas will all be helpful too. That's great. That's a fantastic idea. Um, and lastly, um, I was just um, wondering, parents uh, generally find it very difficult to convince their children to eat the right kind of food, even in normalized times. Um, it is probably yeah. exasperated now with the limited choices available in the market. So how do you think they can deal with this and motivate the kids to eat uh, healthy? Yeah, well, I suppose speaking to children, you know, and they're all at home now. None of them are at school so I'm, and they're all aware of the, the virus and, and what's happening. Yeah. I suppose if you explain to children, you know, that we need to keep our immune, you know, we need to give ourselves the best chance and keep our immune systems up. That alone, you know, may encourage them to eat more healthily, uh, you know, to eat more vegetables than they normally would eat. But some ideas um, that I would recommend to people are things like smoothies, you know, so most kids love smoothies. So if you make your own at home and if you in, include them in making the, the smoothie as well, yeah. it's good. So Maybe with some kefir. Now, I'm not talking about the sweetened kefir, the raw kefir milk bases, adding in a banana, some berries. You could sneak in a few leafy greens there too and mm. um, add a little local honey to sweeten it, whiz it all up. And, you know, they've got a lovely smoothie, which is full of nutrients. Mm. That, and if, if they have, like, don't, don't let you see them sneaking in the leafy greens. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if they're helping to make it, it may encourage them to eat it. Mm. you know to, to eat it as well but I mean they taste smoothies are delicious and kids all love smoothies um, another way is soups you know really nourishing soups are a great way to get um, vegetables into mm. children and um, it's also a great way to use up leftover veg instead of throwing you know half cauliflower or broccoli or something out and we waste such a lot of food these days yeah so what I've been doing is you know I put them all into a pot you know any, you know, a base of onions, loads of garlic, because garlic is, is antiviral as well. Any green or cruciferous vegetables, like I mentioned, the broccoli, the, mm. the cauliflower, cabbage, you know, put them in carrots, sweet potatoes, because that'll kind of add a nice little bit of sweetness to it and it'll thicken it. And mm. um, plenty of herbs. This is another sort of forgotten source of nutrients. Herbs are a concentrated um, source of really high nutrients. So herbs like rosemary, thyme, a bay leaf, mm -hmm. put them into the soup, you know, put water in, season it. I put it into a, a pressure cooker, cook mm -hmm. it all up, and then I liquidize it. So you have a lovely thick warming soup. 
and kids actually do love it and it is really good way and again it's warming um mm -hmm. you know so again the, the hot the warmer atmosphere will help yeah so you know boxes. those kind of things <laughs> sorry Sahini. It ticks all the boxes yeah um, yeah I, what you discussed. So there's just two good ideas i mean there's loads of other there's yeah. lots of cookery books you know for children um, oh, really? you know and, and getting getting them involved in, in the in the preparing of the food i think it's always a good idea yeah. because then they're more likely to eat it yeah i was telling uh dr pachachari in the last uh podcast that uh, uh being a nutritional therapist i i would rather have the kids uh help uh, in um, preparing the vegetables but i said if i repeat that again i'll sound like an awful mother <laughs> making my <Yeah>. work <laughs> in the kitchen yeah. but yeah it's a great way to be honest that's that kind of yeah. interest no it, absolutely yeah <laughs> thanks very much uh liz i mean i really appreciate you taking this time out uh particularly in this kind of scenario where everybody's uh, very anxious and um trying to end uh, meet um, so really, really appreciate it. And thanks, you have given us enormous amount of tips and hopefully people will find it uh, helpful. And I know I, I definitely found it really, really helpful. Thanks so much, Liz. Okay, Suhini, I'm more than welcome. And I'm just really happy to be able to share some tips that are easy to you know bring into your daily life and I, and I think will make a difference. And at least, they, they, they make you feel empowered. At least you feel you're doing something, yeah. you know, in the face of this crisis. So, yeah, I'm more than happy to, to have spoken to you. Thank you, Liz.